0: Hello and welcome to The Everything Is Black and White podcast joined by Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder, who's back at his hotel after watching Newcastle lose 3-0 to Arsenal down at the Emirates. And Lee, how do you sum up what you've seen? Another defeat for Newcastle United and, and can it get any worse?
1: Yeah, it can. That's the scary thing about it. Uh, you know, they've got Aston Villa coming up. Um, they've got Everton away coming up as well. The opportunities to get points you know are, are going to be limited um and they just don't look like they're, they're they're getting anywhere at the moment doesn't matter what team they put out doesn't matter what formation they play doesn't matter what Steve Bruce tells them they just are not performing on the pitch um nine games without a win now out of both cup competitions it's um it's starting to look a little bit bleak
0: Obviously, all the talk before the game was about the gloves coming off and doing it my way, Steve Bruce said. The first half was an improvement, I think some would say it, but given how the performance against Sheffield, went, uh, Sheffield United sorry, um, anything would have been an improvement. Did you see any relation to you know, the gloves being off during that performance? Did you see a massive improvement at all?
1: Well, I think first half, uh, you know, you couldn't really, you couldn't complain too much because, you know, they held Arsenal and then they had the platform to, to maybe go on and do something in the second half. But sadly, they just um, they didn't didn't look like, you know, they, they come out for the second half and they just capitulated completely. Um, like I said, they had a shot early on and then after that, they just looked like they didn't fancy it at all after a Darlow save and then, you know, they 2-0 down by the hour mark, it's game over. Uh, there's not really many options on the bench to change it. And, you know, they were never going to score three goals at Arsenal to come back and win it 3-2. So, uh, so yeah, it was just really disappointing overall.
0: How was Steve Bruce in his press conference? What was his reaction like?
1: Yeah, I think he he looks like a man who doesn't really have the answers himself. He can't go to the chairman and ask for a big checkbook and, you know, sign three or four players in January because he's been told there's no money there. And really, they're basically sort of suggesting, you know, you we're not going to change manager. But by the same token, um in some ways, he just looks completely downtrodden, resigned to... In an inevitable change, and I think in other football clubs, you know, they would have changed manager by now. So it's uh, it's not a lot of good for him. Um, you know, he's he's had his moments as Newcastle manager. He's won won some games last season. I think last season um, was sort of papered over the cracks a bit with the FA Cup run to the quarterfinals, and then obviously we had the lockdown, so that added a three month extension to, to things. So. It's all just catching up with Newcastle at the moment. And it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch. If it's hard on television, it's, uh, believe me, it's hard to, to look at it um, from the stadium. Um, I mean, and look, I'm in a privileged position. You know, I love my position. And um, it, it, it's great to follow Newcastle United everywhere. But that is is difficult to watch at the moment because when you you know what Newcastle's built on, it's built on, like, passion, built on, playing for the barge, playing for the shirt, playing for the fans, and we're just not seeing any of that at the moment, they're just going through the motions so that is particularly difficult to, to sit and watch.
0: You started with two front and Annie, Carl and Carl Wilson um, and I think you noticed this as well, you tweeted something similar when Carroll came off and Murphy came on, I think you tweeted something like you know, a striker without the service has just been taken off for a winger or something along those lines, mm. Frustrating that in the first half Defensively, they looked a bit stronger than in previous weeks and yet they didn't create anything going forward despite the fact they had Wilson and Carroll up top.
1: Yeah, I think Wilson and Carroll were both uh, starved of service. Uh, that was obvious from the, the opening opening 10 minutes. Almiron put a cross in, it went straight at the goalkeeper's hands. Nice and easy. Uh, Emil Kraft then tried to put in a cross on the right. Uh, didn't actually even end of the box, he scuffed it out for a, a, a goal kick. And um, from that point on onwards, you did wonder just where this game was, was going to be going. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it just didn't look like Newcastle had a clear idea what what they'd been asked to do. Uh, coaching staff sort of scratching their heads um, when Newcastle were 3-0 down, bringing the six foot four centre forward off and replacing him with a winger. I didn't understand that part of it. Um you know Elliot Anderson, good that he got his Premier League debut, but it's not really the environment you want to be chucking a, a youngster in, and we all like to see the youngsters get a chance, but um that's that's a tough time for him to be making his debut uh when the 3-0 down at Arsenal. So overall I'm 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 look I'm a positive guy. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm struggling to find anything to give you there that, that's positive tonight.
0: Your player ratings, you know, uh, you mentioned that Kieran Clark was one of the few to come out with any credit, Carl Darlow again. You were particularly, you weren't too impressed with John Joe Shelby, he returned, and I guess everyone saw that corner that didn't beat the first man, that led inevitably to the to the first goal. Expecting more from, from a senior player like Shelby, maybe?
1: A lot more um, from such a talented player. I think I sat down here and done a review of the year with you not that, that long ago, and I said when John Joe Shelby is is in the right place, Newcastle can be unplayable. Um, when he's not in the right place and he's not really bothered, uh, you get performances like that. So corners that don't even reach the first man, for it to happen once is bad, for it to happen twice is, is shocking. And then for Newcastle to then concede a goal from, a, from your own goal threat um, it's just massively frustrating, and uh, it must have been even more difficult for fans to watch uh back home. And uh, I wouldn't have blamed some of them if they switched off after the second goal went in. It, it would, look, I'm not trying to make a joke of it, it was uh, it was dire, there's no doubt about it. I can't I, look, I'm running out of negative words to say now. <laughs> in the last relegation
0: battle, I mean, you, I mean, the, I mean, the cushion's still seven points but they're just performing so badly and, and fans are quite rightly worried. Um, again, you, you know, the hard-hitting match report, you can find that on Chronicle Live if you haven't read it uh, already. Are they in a relegation battle, Link?
1: Yeah, they are. Um, and I've experienced a few of these over in Newcastle and uh, there's a lot that reminds me of the, the seasons that went down and, and also the near misses. Um, you look at... The thing is, when you start looking at other teams' results, which let's be honest, hands up, we've all been guilty in the last two or three weeks. You all start looking over your shoulder and looking, hoping that you know Brighton are going to lose or West Brom are going to lose. Those teams aren't going to keep losing. Newcastle aren't going to stay up with 19 points. So it sounds like I'm stating the obvious, but other results don't matter. You have to sort your side of the bargain out first, and if they don't get their act together quickly, then the other teams are going to gather momentum. West Brom, you know, Big Sam, we all know what he's about. He's a survival specialist. He'll find a way of at least chasing this gap down. Um, they've got nothing to lose. And there's always there's always one team that gets sucked into it. And at the minute that team is looking like Newcastle. So, you know, everyone around the place, the players, the coach and staff those above them, they need to wake up quickly because it's no good changing something in 10 games' time because by that time, you know, they they could be right in the mix of it. The big problem they've had in the two relegations they've suffered so far has been they've acted too late. Great to get Rafa Benitez in, but with 10 games to go, it was too late. Um, So they either need to spend uh, some money and bring in some players or they need a you know a drastic change you know in the coaching setup. And um but but again, who's who is gonna come in and, and take this job on with no money, no long-term job security? It's it's a hard sell, you know.
0: Just a couple more questions before we let you go. Michael Richardson here on YouTube says he's tuning in from Australia. Um, he says it's getting harder to watch us play. We deserve to have our team compete in matches just constantly giving the ball away and putting ourselves under pressure. And I suppose that links into Steve Bruce talking about going back to basics, because again, tonight we've talked about the Shelby corner. You could argue for two of the, the other two Arsenal goals, uh, the the two goal scorers were unmarked in the box. Surely that they are the basics that Steve Bruce needs to be getting right. Needs to be telling these players, you know, these are the schoolboy elements of the game that you need to get right.
1: Yeah, and he's obviously a former centre-half himself. So, you know, at the minute, it just feels like Steve Bruce is a frustrated centre-back slash captain who'd like to be on the pitch. Um, You know, he's shouting out all orders from the sideline, but it's almost like they're they're not listening. They're just going in one ear and out the other ear. And, yeah, you know, in some ways, in some ways I do... I feel for him in a way that, you know, he's, he's, he's took this job on like a lot that have come before him. And he's, he's finding out that there's not that much money to spend. There's not that much resource. And it's a very difficult job. But in other ways, you know, he took it on. He, you know, come out with some big statements this season, last season, saying they're going to go for the top 10. So it's, you know, where are they going to back that up or when are they going to back that up?
0: And just there, we've got from Graham Harrison. Situation with Dwight Gale. A lot of people would have liked to have seen Dwight Gale start tonight. Graham asking there, why doesn't he play Gale from the start? Because he is a massive fan of, of him as well.
1: Uh, illness is what I've been told. Um, not not COVID, but um some other type of illness which is which is held him back, so he wasn't in and around it. But yeah, I agree. I I'm a Dwight Gale fan myself, but at the end of the day, had he been on that pitch tonight. No service, no service at all. Um, And until they start actually getting that ball in the six yard area, they're going to continue to lose football games. Um, And it it just feels, you know, it's making like teams like the Alan Pardew team after they finish fifth. This is, you know, those couple of seasons where everyone was complaining. It's making Pardew look like a tactical genius at the moment because he was at least capable of. Beating the results out, you know, getting a 1-0 win at places like Tottenham and things like that. You always seem to have a tactical plan there. Um and you know, for all people, hammered John Carver when he was in charge. It was a tough job for him. But John Carver was behind the scenes with Pardew and they always at least had a game plan. Um and yeah, they didn't they didn't manage to get back to the fifth. And I'm not saying that they would be the answer now, but at the moment, what the point I'm trying to make is there does not seem to be a game plan there. And once the, once plan if there is plan A there, once that goes, it just all seems to go out the window. And um second half was a great example of that. When they went one nil down, no response, two nil down, Towel got thrown in. And then obviously they were lucky to get away with three nil. It's Arsenal had twenty goal attempts in the end. So it was uh, it was just an awful night.
0: Carl Garlo yet again, you know, saving Newcastle's blushes, them anyway. Penultimate question then. Um, I was going to ask you what happens next, but someone's kind of beating us to it in the comments here. And they just say, if we think they're going to get sucked in, you um, know, we're sitting there in a relegation battle, why don't Newcastle change it now? What, what What is worth the risk? What's worth the gamble? Because if they get relegated, you know, that's a massive financial burden on, on Mike Ashley.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's what that's the situation that he's got to weigh up he's got to when does he come in and change it and, and who does he get you know, I'm, to be fair there will be managers out there that will take it on Um but you know prepare to be disappointed because Newcastle have got it wrong in the past they were fortunate to get Rafa Benitez it captured everyone's imagination but someone like Rafa Benitez coming now would want assurances you would say right if I keep them up what happens next Newcastle can't tell them that because they're trying to sell the club so it's a real mess at the moment. And um, yeah, I I don't know where they go from here and I don't know where the next win comes from. So it's, uh, as I say, I haven't got many positives tonight.
0: Yeah. We're not going to finish on one. This is the final question. And it's a lot of, it's a question a lot of people are asking as well. Are the players still fighting for Steve Bruce? Did you see evidence tonight that, you know, the players are still fighting for the cause under the head coach?
1: Well, that's a very good question. And, you know, second half, you, you you have to say some of them no. You have to say some of them no. Um, but the reality is, for Steve Bruce, he's got to find a way of doing it. He made eight changes tonight and still didn't change anything, didn't change the fortunes on the pitch at all. In fact, in some places it was even worse than Sheffield United, uh, was, as bad as that sounds. Towards the end, which is like a training game, Um, you know, at least they were fighting until the final whistle against Sheffield United to try and get an equaliser. Tonight, the game was gone by the hour mark. So, uh, look, it's the players probably need to have a look at themselves. I I really think that, but some of them may have already chucked the towel in altogether. And players have got that—they've got that power, unfortunately. And uh, if they decide they've stopped playing for somebody. That's
0: it. And just one word then, Lee, just sum up the situation that Steve Bruce finds himself in and Newcastle find themselves in.
1: In one word, you know, it feels hopeless. It feels hopeless. Um, And hope is what you need in football, but at the end of the day, um, does anyone go in the next game thinking that they're going to suddenly miraculously win the game? They have to stop the rot first somehow, you know, and at the minute, they just don't look like doing that.
0: It doesn't get any easier with Villa next on the horizon. Of course, Steve Bruce's former team, which will add spice to it. We'll have a podcast later in the week with Lee on that. Lee, thanks for joining us. Safe travels back to Tyneside. Um, And to everyone else who joined in and listened, thanks for tuning in. Um, Enjoy the rest of your evening.